good Sunday morning. I should actually rephrase that and say good whenever it is that you happen to be listening to this. I forget that, yeah, it's the old radio guy in me still, right? I keep forgetting, like, oh, you are maybe not listening to this on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, very quickly, before we get into the podcast, one week ago today, Super Bowl, who did I tell you was going to win? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How many points did I tell you they're going to score? 30. How many points did they score? Well, I don't know if it was exactly 30, but close. I did have the Chiefs being a lot closer. I thought it was going to be a good game. And uh, obviously the Buccaneers just kind of ran away with it. Look, we're witnessing greatness. Tom Brady, it's fun to watch. My wife doesn't like football at all. I told her as she's sitting there on the couch, we're watching the Super Bowl. I told her it, it is a special thing that you're watching Tom Brady. Like in your lifetime, you will have gotten to watch this guy play. Because 20, 30, 40 years from now, they're going to talk about this guy like he's a legend. I mean, they already do, but and you're actually watching it in real time. Yeah, and now I look at my two-year-old Leo, and I go, geez, he will, when he's an adult, when he's my age, Tom Brady will be some old guy that they talk about who used to be so great, and he'll just be like, oh, he's some old guy. No, you were alive while he was playing, man. I mean, that's, that is cool. But anyway, my, bro- my uh, son did manage to interrupt me about every 45 to 60 seconds during the actual Super Bowl. So between my wife and my child, <laughs> I'm so lucky. I have such a beautiful family and a beautiful home, you know, and I love what I do for a living. I, I love my and my my uh, my parents, my brother, like just everyone is happy and healthy. And I'm so lucky. I really look around at how lucky I am, which is why I wonder, you know, whether or not I belong in therapy because there, there appears to be some sort of inclination inside of me or instinct inside of me to self-sabotage, specifically my health. I don't know what it is. It's like uh, I was a smoker from age 16 until maybe 22 or so. And, um, you know, and I have talked to, I talked about this on the Brother Weeze show, so this is not the first time any of this has been made public. I've one time in my life, literally one time, I even cut myself. I know, a little heavy for a Sunday morning, right? Coming out of nowhere. One time, I was 18 years old, uh, and I, uh, I'd rather not get into the specific details of what exactly I did. It was not by any means an attempt to take my own life. It was a, it was a sort of a cut myself to feel pain thing. Sounds, I get it. Sounds crazy, but people go there in their heads. I don't know how to tell you this, you know. Uh, I did it one time when I was 18 years old. I've never done, never did it before, never done it since. I was a smoker and then I quit smoking and have been really spending the last 15 years as an eater, as a, as a, uh, a self-sabotaging eater. Which is unfortunately just super easy to hide because of the fact that there's nothing wrong with it in theory. You know, you're doing something that almost everyone agrees they love. I mean, what are we talking about here? Eating pizza? Everyone loves eating pizza. You know, it's just I happen to eat a pizza when I eat pizza. And I happen to do it a couple times a week. So what I'm getting at here is... I went to the doctor a week ago last Friday, and I, uh, I, I mentioned this in my last podcast. It, hit, it was really fresh last week, but I was diagnosed with very high blood pressure, and I mean high. Like, um, 
I was very, very close to where they send you immediately to the hospital. I wasn't there. I didn't cross that line, but I was I was butting up against that number. And the doctor told me, you know, look, it's it's food, it's your diet, it's uh, and it's your stress level. And he, and yeah, I get it. it's both of those things. And so we are uh, we're waking up every morning and doing the treadmill again. Uh, I love how I say we are we're doing the treadmill. I'm doing the treadmill. That's an old. That's a thing from back when I. Like first started my sauce business when it was literally just me and sometimes my wife. And I would use the words we when I was describing decision making for the company. And it just made us sound like there was more going on than just like me. It would be like, we have decided that we will be putting out a line of t-shirts this year. And instead, that's really just me being like, we should do t-shirts. Anyway, it sounds better when I say we. So we are waking up every day and walking on the treadmill for about two miles, 45 minutes or so. It ends up usually being a little over two miles. And uh, and I've been eating a little better, and I have not cut anything out because that's my thing is I've yo-yoed in terms of weight for my whole life, and uh, or at least the last 15 years I've been on a couple diets, lost a bunch of weight, Three diets, really. Two of them worked really well, one not so much. The two that worked really well were were Weight Watchers and the Cheat Day Diet. Weight Watchers, I think everybody knows, you're counting points, essentially counting calories. That worked really, really well, and then so did the Cheat Day Diet, which is where you essentially starve yourself six days a week, and then one day a week you can eat anything you want. That actually did work really, really well for me, but most people will tell you that's very much so unhealthy. Uh, but it worked. I mean, I took weight off doing that. And then the one that kind of worked for me was Jenny Craig, which was essentially meal prep. Um, that worked fine, I would say. I lost some weight with that. But really, here's the thing. It has nothing to do with any of these programs. Weight Watchers, Cheat Day, Jenny Craig. If you do them right, they're all great. It's just me. It's my own personal discipline. You know, It's what I'm taking in. It's my tendency to eat my stress it's just all those things and so the high blood pressure it's got to be a wake-up call and and if there's anything that's going to give me a wake-up call it's got to be recognizing the beauty of my family and just not wanting to give that up you know I mean look things can happen I can die in a car accident freak accidents could happen and and it all goes away in an instant and you know I get that there's nothing you can do about that and if that happens to me if something happens in an instant and I'm gone it sucks but it is what it is and you know we learn to live with tragedy and sadness and um I hate it I hate it but I understand there's an, an element of control there that you just can't have control over everything that being said the things you can have control over you should you should really try your best and and quite frankly, I don't like judging people on weight or, or appearance. I think somebody's weight or appearance should have little to nothing to do with their personality and whether or not I label them a good person or not in my own head. Um, but my own weight is a responsibility I have to my family and to my son. And even if it doesn't work out, even if I die in a car accident literally 30 seconds from now, he needs to know that I was doing everything I could to be around for him, you know? And so I think that if I go out 
even if I go out for health reasons, it needs to be that I was at least trying as hard as I possibly could to not let that happen. And so that's where I'm at. That's sort of where I've justified it in my head. But like I said with the self-sabotage thing, I don't know. It's like, you know, what is that? What is smoking? You know, what is eating unhealthy meals uh, over and over and over when you know that you're unhealthy? So I had to do the whole thing. I got the blood pressure. I got the uh, I got the blood test. I got the urine test. Uh, now, I did, I did have some stuff came back looking very good. There were uh, quite a few things about my blood that were just fine. And uh, including, surprisingly almost, my my bad cholesterol number is actually is actually in a, a healthy range. It's at, it's at a good spot. And so that's a good thing. My, my good cholesterol is a little low. Um, and I guess from what I understand, good cholesterol is what fights the bad cholesterol. But because my bad cholesterol is in a normal range and my good cholesterol is low, that's, that still means it's okay. Obviously, you still want that good cholesterol to be in a normal range. But anyway... In general, cholesterol doing way better than I had thought possibly. I was really worried about seeing just an out-of-whack number there. And then uh, the other thing is, of course, uh, blood sugar. Or I think, what is it, glucose? Is glucose? Is that what I'm thinking of? Or whatever the blood sugar looked to be pretty normal, which was another good thing. Uh, I am high on bilirubin, which is a liver thing, I guess. And I have been told for years that I have a fatty liver, which essentially just means there's fat surrounding my liver which makes it harder for the liver to work, which will be a problem long-term. Um, and so losing weight could fix that as well. And again, it's just, you know, the doctor, they'll tell you, I know this is sounding all, this is pretty like, God, do I need to listen to this guy's health? <laughs> this guy's going into great detail about his health. But um, anyway, I guess my doctor told me the encouraging thing, if we're going to find a, a silver lining here, the encouraging thing is your issues are fixable. And they're fixable through diet, exercise, and stress management. Because that's the other part of the blood pressure is stress. I'm running a business and I am at a 10 out of 10 on stress almost all the time. And I've got to find a way to calm down. And I will tell you, I worked less hours this week than I have worked in a very, very long time. I think I worked, if I were to add it all together... When it's all said and done, I will have worked about 50 hours this week, 5-0. Quite frankly, for a business owner, that's nothing. That is nothing. And uh, I don't know. If I could get to a spot where that was a regular thing, then that, that would probably be pretty good. I think that's unrealistic to always expect that to be able to happen. Again, business owner, you're just going to have to get called on and stepped up more often. But nonetheless, I, that's where I'm at on it. So I did a few things. Started dieting started walking on the treadmill and I started to uh, uh, really try to manage my stress levels. I'm going to try to pick and choose my battles at work. And and if I have to go into overload mode at work, it needs to be a once in a while thing and it cannot be a constant day after day after day thing. Um, and, and a lot of that's just me and myself, my own time management, not letting things get me off track. I, I'm a bad at that. I'm very, very bad at that. I'll give you an example of what I mean. I can go into any given day with several goals, things I need to get accomplished on that day. Generally, it'll be working on some high-priority stuff and, and giving a little attention to some medium and low-priority stuff. 
when low priority stuff rears its ugly head in the middle of the day, say, I tend to drop what I'm doing, high priority, and quickly try to address the low priority. This is a major no-no, and it is a absolute rookie mistake as a business owner. I'm, I, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, work on your business, not at your business. That's what this is talking about, right? The tiny little issues that come up throughout the day, they are nonstop. They're never going away. So the high priority things that can grow your business are the things you need to spend your time on. And the little day-to-day things, you've just got to be able to delegate to employees. And I'm learning. I am learning this. This is me saying it out loud, knowing that there's an audience hearing it, saying, Polly, you have got to hold yourself accountable to these things. Nothing should be allowed to knock you off of your high priority list unless it's an emergency. And so here's what I started doing. And I was, I was pretty good about it this week. I set up do not disturb on my phone so that only my, quote, favorites can get through. And I uh, started to check email strategically, meaning I will check my email first thing in the morning. And I will respond to as much as I can in that moment. And then I will not check my email again until around lunchtime. And at lunchtime, I'm basically just swooping in to see if there are any fires that need to be put out. Are there any actual emergencies? And if not, I'm basically getting right back off the email and I'm swooping back in about an hour before the end of my day. And this is where I'm going to try to just really, truly reply to everything. So I'm sort of moving the ball a couple of times or moving the needle a couple of times. You know, you're moving it every morning as you're checking uh, your entire email. And then and then at night again, you're checking again. So you're a couple of times you're corresponding, you're touching those medium to low priority things. So that your high priority things is what you spend your day on. So two time management things, setting up the do not disturb and also the um, the email plan. And so far, so good. One week in, so far, so good. Uh, not allowing yourself to get stressed out over the big things that are just sitting on your to-do list that have been there for days and weeks. You know, you're working on them. You're chipping away at them. You're getting there. You're doing what you can. So help me, you know, help me help myself here encourage this you know let me uh let me try to do this best i can it's important got a little boy depending on me speaking of that little boy now that i've dragged you through the mud (laughs) with my bullshit let me give you a funny leo story a couple of weeks ago i get home ryan has had a she's had a tough day she's tired you know she just wants to go to bed it's late. She, she, it's not even late, I should say. It's just, it's been a day. She wants to go to bed. And so I say, absolutely, you know, she goes to bed early. I'm talking like 8 o'clock. And I'm in charge of bedtime with Leo. Bed, bedtime for Leo, 8.30. Which, here's, here's just a quick side note. Every time I tell people Leo's bedtime is 8.30, they always say to me, especially people with little kids, they always go, oh, my kids are in bed at 7. How do I get my kid to go to bed at 7? I got to do that. I don't know how to do that. Anyway. So... It's bedtime, and I'm in charge, and uh, I announce that it's bedtime. It hits 8.30, and I tell Leo, it's bedtime, we're going to bed. And he immediately starts flipping out. No! No! Right? And and that's that's okay. That's a thing he does. He's two and a quarter years old, and so he's going to throw some temper tantrums. You've heard of terrible twos, right? He doesn't like bedtime. He does not like bedtime. 
So he goes over to the shelf we have, and there's two picture frames and a fish tank. And there have been some bad tantrums where he has been known to throw a picture frame. And he throws both picture frames. And I go, and Leo, you do not throw picture frames, right? And I'm starting to raise my voice a little bit. And he is flipping it. He's looking at me like he is the angriest he's ever been. He's just like, ah, ah. And he looks at the fish tank. Now, he has never, ever disturbed that fish tank. He knows Fred the beta fish lives inside the fish tank. And he knows not to do anything to that fish tank. But this night was different. He looks at it. He looks at me. I give him a look like, don't even think about it. He looks back at it. Then he looks back at me. Now I'm realizing, oh, shit, he's actually thinking about throwing this fish tank. It's just a little, like, fish tank you would get for a goldfish. It's not a giant, you know, just a little fish tank. Anyway, now, I'm, now I've got this look of panic in my face. I'm like, Leo, don't. Don't do it. Looks back at the fish tank, picks it up, throws it. Water, pebbles, everywhere. Smells. You know how fish tanks are. They smell everywhere. Fish somewhere. I got to find the fish. So I start screaming, no, no, Fred, Fred. <laughs> so um, so now I'm on my hands and knees. I'm crawling around. I'm looking for Fred. I finally find Fred. I scoop him up into my hand. I run into the, the kitchen. I, I pour some water into the fish tank. I immediately get Fred in the fish tank. Meanwhile, Leo's flipping out. And that being said, I've been yelling at him. He's yelling at me. Now I hear my wife, who's upstairs. Remember, she's tired. She's supposed to be in bed. I hear her footsteps. She's coming down the stairs. And you know that feeling when your wife is coming? It reminds you when you were a kid and your mom was coming and you were in trouble. I hear my wife coming, and I know... She's not going to be on my side. I know she has heard me now yell at the kid. So she's coming down to yell at me for yelling at him. And so she comes down. And sure enough, she lets me have it a little for yelling at him. But then I explain, look, this kid just tried to kill Fred. <laughs> and so she says, you know, she does. She kind of let, she gets down to his level and she tells him, you know, we should, we can't do that to Fred. We can't throw the tank. Meanwhile, I'm like still frantically picking up pebbles and there's water everywhere and it smells like fish nightmare man nightmare <clears throat> so that's what happens when daddy gets left alone speaking of leo we got him into a preschool leo will be attending preschool next year he was just accepted how about that for a whole process application process a virtual tour interview with the teacher to send the kid for two and a half hours twice a week to preschool. And when I was a kid, I swear we did preschool once a week. Or not once a week, I'm sorry. We did preschool one year. Right? It was the year before kindergarten. You go for one year of preschool. And I think I remember they were short days. It was like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now, there's two years of preschool. He goes to preschool. He is uh, He's going to be three years old. He's going to pre a special preschool for two and a half hours twice a week next year. And then the year after that, when he's four, he'll do preschool again. That'll be a little more like three or four days a week for three or four hours. And then the year after that, he goes to kindergarten. So they're starting them so early now that they start when they're three years old. That's cra It feels early to me. Like I tried saying, hey, shouldn't he maybe stay home for another year? But my wife, you know, A, I can't win those arguments. 
And B, she's got a good point where she says, maybe, but here's the thing, he has not had normal child-to-child interaction because of coronavirus. Because of COVID, poor kid has not gotten a lot of playing in with other kids. And so we're really worried about that. And we want to make sure that he gets as much time around other kids as possible. And so that's where this is important. Let's get him into preschool. Because I think it's it's mostly just like instructed play. I think. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, there's not lessons yet, right? I don't think so. It's preschool. I mean, I hope there's not lessons. I can tell you right now, my kid's not sitting down for a lesson. But there's, you know, there's stuff to be done. And, and there's, there's play. He's got... Interaction with kids is vital. He's got to get that more than he's had, and so uh, and so that'll be good. So I'm happy about that. But I was it was so funny, man. There's a whole process to it, and it starts so early. I mean, it's February, and we had to do our application process and our interview process already. It just feels early to me, you know. It just feels like man, this stuff. But we've already decided, and and it can't go any different than this. Because my mother was a public school teacher. So we've already decided he's going to public school. We're not going to do the private school route with Leo. I owe that to my mother. I mean, I and, and I believe also we live in Brighton. We have good public schools in Brighton. So we will at least get to utilize the public school. So the whole idea of paying tuition. Oh, did I not mention that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is tuition for preschool. The whole idea of paying tuition will hopefully only be the first couple years. Once he gets into public school, then it's like, there's my tax money at work. So I'm on my way right now, by the way, to speaking of diets. This isn't actually a diet as much as it's just sort of meal prep. But the, the meals are they're healthy. They're good for you, and they're portion controlled. But I'm on my way to Rock's Meals right now. Rubino's in Webster. Pick up my meals for the week. It's really, really, really nice. Mark is the uh, owner of Rubino's in Webster, and he's great. Job. He's basically a chef. Him and his wife, uh, Sarah, they they have this business called Rock's Meals, and they they do meal prep, and it's really good stuff. And they're constantly reinventing stuff and asking for feedback. And uh, I've really enjoyed it uh, being on it, quite frankly. And the meal prep at work is just so vital. Having a breakfast and a lunch ready to go every day, not having to think about it. You know, good portion, good enough portion that it knocks out your hunger so you're not hungry anymore, but not a big enough portion that you're stuffed, especially with somebody like me now trying to kind of watch my portions. This is really good because it's pretty much the right amount of food for me uh, to where I can not be starving but also still lose weight. So shout out to Mark and Sarah and Rock's Meals. There's a lot of meal prep services out there. I see them pop up on my Facebook all the time. A lot of meal prep. That was one of those one of those categories that like everybody decided they were going to get in all within a couple of years of themselves. I don't know how many or who is successful in Rochester. I know there's a, I know there's a handful in Rochester. I know there's like project lean nation. My buddy Jake from um, Nathan soup and salad does that one. Of course, Mark with rocks meals. I know effortlessly healthy was doing it. My girl Shana, uh, but I don't know, <clears throat> you know, who's doing the, Who's doing well with that? It's always interesting to me when everyone jumps into something. Like talking to Dan Western last week with breweries, how everyone kind of jumped into breweries there for a few years. And, uh, you know, it, there, breweries will be around forever, and there will be several very healthy breweries going forward. But quite frankly, 
at some point, it's too many. You can't have a brewery. Every building can't be a brewery. It's, there's only so many places that you can stretch your dollar out. And I think maybe prep meal services were the same way. I think a few of them broke through. Mark with Rock's Meals broke through because he's good at it and because he cares. That's the other thing. Caring. Pumping out these meals is one thing. Actually caring about what the meals look and taste like is another thing. And Mark does that, so I love him for that. I sure do. So, one last thing. I'm I'm a little bummed about doing so many solo podcasts recently. I really want to see this thing be a lot more interviews. But quite frankly, with COVID, you just can't get together with people. It's nuts. And I have some opportunities where people come into the plant or the factory. But again, when you're you're going to interview somebody, you're essentially asking them to. <clears throat> sit face to face with you and you can do some social distancing in those moments where I can sit you know 10 feet away from somebody my cords for my microphones are pretty long but in general it's just a pain in the ass really really would love it if this podcast became and I, this is what I'm hoping for the future really hoping things lighten up hoping it becomes where just like every Friday I go out to happy hour and interview somebody over drinks. I would love that. That would just be so much fun. I don't think it's too far away. Did you see Fauci this week says if you've been vaccinated and the person you're hanging out has been vaccinated, you may carry on as if there was no COVID, meaning no masks, no restrictions on things like hugging. Did that come off creepy that I was so excited for hugging? (laughs) You know what I mean. It's basically saying you can pretend if everyone in the room has been vaccinated, you can pretend like it's olden times again. Do you think we will ever stop wearing masks completely in public? I don't think we will. I do think we will see a world where masks go away from being. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, mandatory and a point where you can walk in public without a mask without being judged. Like right now, if you tried to walk into Wegmans without a mask, you're either going to get mean mugged the entire time you're in there or somebody's just going to flat out confront you, right? But I believe we will see a a time sooner than later where you can walk into Wegmans without a mask and it's going to be considered completely normal. But I don't think we're ever going to be able to see a time where we can go all day without seeing anyone in a mask. I believe we will see people in masks for the rest of our lives. Kind of like the way in Asia, a lot of them wear masks out. I think you're going to see a portion of the public wear masks forever. That's what I believe. Hey, just drove by this place. Is that new? I'm in Webster, and I just drove by a place called the Waffle Factory, and there's a line outside. I never even heard of that place. Huh. I can't be eating waffles while I'm on a diet, remember? But I like seeing a line. It looks like a tiny little house with a line outside of it. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Heading into Rubino's, get my rocks meals. I will talk to you And What is this car doing? This is the shit that pisses me off. When you're driving along and somebody's just pumping their brakes because they don't know where the hell they are. So they're driving and then they just brake in the middle of Main Street in Webster. With absolutely no indication of what they're doing. They just stop. All right, anyway. (laughs) Talk to you next Sunday. Thank you.